Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody. It's been a while between drinks. I hope you've been okay. Uh, now in this episode, we welcome back to the show Megla Bardwaj from India Sourcing Trip. And also Stephen Selikoff from episode 85 and Stephen's from Product Sourcing Academy. And uh, we're going to be talking today about the Global Sources Virtual Summit that's happening between the 10th and the 12th of November of 2020. Uh, and it's, it is an event that is very close to my heart. It was, it was actually my very first speaking gig that I ever had about talking about selling on Amazon way back in 2015, which is about five years ago. Now, Megla's coordinating an event, Stephen is running a workshop, and I am on an Ask Me Anything panel, and I wanted to give the event a bit of a plug because the quality of the speakers and the topics is totally world-class, and I guarantee will propel you into success in 2021 like it has for me every time that I've attended. Now, we chat about the challenges of sourcing today, freighting, and selling products on Amazon this year, as well as effigy burning <laughs> before chatting through the event itself. Now, the tickets are only 45 bucks each. Uh, Stephen's six-hour workshop is just $145. I'm sure you're going to get a lot more value than that. Uh, but if you use a special promo code, a very secret one that Megla's kindly offered, you, as a loyal listener to the show, you'll receive a 10% discount. So use TAS10, so that's a promo code or one word, and head over to globalsources.com forward slash summit to grab yours now before the 10th of November of 2020. And if you are listening to this in the future, I hope all's going well for you and sorry you missed out. Now, uh, please join my Facebook group over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Uh, I am doing a little bit of coaching this year as well, squeezing it in amongst all this other work that I'm doing currently. Um, which is one of the reasons why I've been able to get podcasts out as frequently as I like this year. All right, by the way, if you'd like to save 50% off your very first month or 10% off for lifetime access to Helium 10, oh yes, head, out, head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Helium 10. Yes, it's an affiliate link, but it's the only way I can offer you a discount. So anyway, let's get on with today's show with Megla and Stephen. Back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast, and today I'm delighted to welcome very good friend Stephen Selikoff from ProductDevelopmentAcademy.com, and also, of course, a good friend of the show who's been on many times, Megla Bardwaj from IndiaSourcingTrip.com as well. So thanks heaps for coming, both of you. And today we are going to be talking about everything that's been happening in 2020 what the future might hold for 2021. But more importantly, we're going to be talking about the Global Sources Virtual Summit, which is coming up next week, which, uh, Megla, can you fill me in quickly on the dates here? I think it's the 12th to the 14th. Is that right? It's the 10th to the 12th. Oh, okay. I was just two days in ahead of myself. <laughs> so 10th to the 12th. That's right. So welcome to the show. Sorry, I've done too much talking. But uh, let's let's start with you, Megla. Give us a bit of a background there and um, and tell us what you've been up to in 2020. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris, for um, having me on the show. So 2020 has been such 
um, what's the right word? <laughs> I'm at a loss for words, but transformational. <laughs> and I, I think that's the word I'm, I'm sticking with. Um, yeah, it's been very transformational. I mean, for me personally, it has forced me to think outside the box because, you know, as, as you know, I had uh, started my trip and my new business was going to be all about events and sourcing trips. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> thanks to COVID, all of that has gone down the drain. So I've had to pivot and uh, focus more on virtual events and, and um, you know, virtual um, conferences, <laughs> which mm. is, is good in a way. I mean, there are definitely advantages of uh, attending a virtual conference, uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to getting back to the trip and, you know, meeting people face to face. Yeah, in terms of, um, you know, sourcing, there's just so much been happening um, in India specifically. So I'm, I'm very focused on India now. And, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, um, of course, when COVID started in China, there wasn't a lot of impact in India. And um, it it was until, I think it was in March that we started seeing COVID cases in India. And then India went into lockdown for almost two months. And mm-hmm. um, that was, of course, a big blow to all the manufacturers and suppliers there because they, they basically couldn't open up their factories at all. And... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, at that time, you know, India was able to control the the spread of the infection a little bit. But then uh, India is a very complex country. It's huge, 1.2 billion population, um, a lot of people, you know, living in, in, in poverty. And so that kind of complicates things a little bit. So, yeah, it has, you know, the COVID has been spreading in India now significantly. And... Um, but what's happened in the last few months is that people in general in India, they are starting to live with it now because, you know, they were in lockdown for two months. Everything came to a grinding halt. But then people realized that, hey, we can't continue to live like this. We have to get on with our lives. We have to, you know, start uh, going back to work and open up factories. So what's happening currently is that all factories are open and with the exception of maybe in some areas where there are an extreme number of cases and there there's lockdowns in certain areas but by and large 95% of the factories are open and they are running mm-hmm. at full capacity in fact a lot of the factories that I've been talking to over the last few weeks they are not taking any new orders because they are running at full capacity and they're you know hiring more people um, also, some of the factories still have labor shortages because the workers, you know, they went back to their hometowns during um, the peak of COVID. And then some of them have come back, but others have not come back. So there are still some labor shortages. But another thing that's really happening is that there are some disruptions in the supply chain. And that's for a couple of reasons. So one is, of course, because of COVID restrictions, there is, um, you know, the supply chains were kind of broken earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And that has continued to impact supply chain uh, and a supply of raw materials. For example, there's a shortage of wood currently because mm. earlier this year, there weren't a lot of, uh, you know, um, like trees were not being cut and, and all of that was uh, paused for two months. And so that sort of had a ripple effect. And now there's a shortage of wood and therefore mm. prices are higher. Another thing that's happening is that there is a bit of a tension between India and China. <laughs> so there's some, you know, like <laughs> border skirmishes and all that's happening. And um, flow of goods between India and China is not smooth. So some of the raw materials that are coming from China, 
there's some disruption in that their price increases or maybe there's uh, less availability of raw materials that are coming from China. I mean, I didn't know that India is pretty much open for business again. Uh, I had no idea that was actually happening. I thought that they were still pretty much locked down, but that's a really great update there. Very good to know. Uh, let's switch over to Steve and do you want to give us a bit of a quick background on you and also what you're seeing uh, on the ground in 2020, uh, perhaps from the China side, because I understand that you, you source a lot from China, yeah? Yes, absolutely. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, so first of all, it's great to uh, be on again, Chris. Uh, thank you for having me on. And it's a pleasure. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm based here in the U.S. I'm, I'm in Seattle, and uh, um, we are still under lockdown. Things are, uh, you know same here as they are all over the world and it is a very challenging time but a good time there's lots of of opportunities that have come out of 2020 like we were talking about earlier um and in china interestingly enough they are almost back to full production um mm. or at least the quantities of manufacturing uh that was reported by the economist about 3 weeks ago um so in reality, it is self-reporting. So, figure there is certainly a percentage of of uh, optimism that people and factories may put into their reports, but still, it's a very good sign on the uh, the manufacturing side. On the shipping mm. side, um, people are realizing right now that they're going through some more expensive uh, shipping than they're used to, but that's just because it's the typical. Um, uh, seasonal uh, surcharge that's going on right now. So that should be coming down beginning of December. Unfortunately, there's also been some uh, some increases, uh, GRIs, general rate increases, and that's happening because of COVID uh, worldwide. Uh, the uh, the carriers, the people who are the, the steamship lines that own the ships have accelerated a lot of their dry dock schedules for maintenance and everything else so that they've taken about 15% of the fleet off the waters. They're working Mm -hmm. on them right now that obviously when there was lower amount of goods, and there still are for many countries, uh, being shipped around, it's still costing them the same amount of fuels. So by keeping their ships at a hundred or higher percent, uh, they save on fuel, they save on uh, crew costs and insurance, which is also higher now for COVID. And as a result, mm-hmm. um, there are fewer ships that allows them to increase the prices. So shipping prices have come up. And the latest news on that is that Costco, C-O-S-C-O, not the, not the retailer, mm-hmm. which yeah. is the national uh, shipping line for China. China has officially asked them to throttle back on their increases. So perhaps we'll start seeing a little bit of decrease there. But uh, across the board, I think that shows that things can be healthy going into 2021. Now we have to deal with the economy of people's pocketbooks, uh, their jobs, and their ability and desire for buying products. And products is where Mm. we all come in. That's what we do. Yeah, I mean, there's been challenges everywhere, but of course there are also challenges with Amazon itself. And we've had inventory restrictions and a bunch of other um, challenging issues with Amazon this year. Oh my! Uh, 
look, all of us move in, you know, we, we talk to sellers, we're, we're sort of moving in those circles. Megla, maybe just over to you again, just around what are sort of the, what's the sort of feedback you've had from various sellers who are facing the challenges that Amazon's been throwing our way this year, given, you know, they've had to restrict inventory to, to, to Stephen's point, you know, about discretionary uh, purchasing behavior. A lot of people are just really trying to buy the essentials they need, and that's really jammed Amazon's warehouses full of essential items, basically, and, and prevented that more discretionary type products that we most of us sell uh, to be stocked there, or certainly limiting the amount that we can send. So, um, any sort of feedback that you've had from anybody that you've been speaking to, Megla, around that? Yeah, I think the most common complaint that I've been hearing is the the restriction on. Um, the number of units that you can send into Amazon. So that's 200 pieces. And that has been really, um, you know, a big challenge for a lot of sellers, especially people who were planning to make big product launches and they were, they were sourcing, you know, thousands of units and getting ready for Q4. And then suddenly um, Amazon threw in this, this limit and restriction of 200 pieces. So that has of course uh, impacted a lot of sellers and um, Mm. there's been an increase in, um, sellers looking for 3PLs and warehouses to store these products and then drip feed into Amazon. And then what's also happened is that the 3PLs are overbooked now <laughs> and it's really yep. difficult to get space in, in a 3PL as well. And I've seen, you know, sellers in my groups um, just, just saying, hey, do you know a 3PL in you know, Los Angeles or so-and-so area? Yep. I've been talking to people <laughs> at different warehouses and they're all really busy and booked uh, and, and space is not available. So I think that's a big challenge. And then recently, in just the last you know two weeks or so, I've been seeing a lot of sellers saying that, hey, sales are down. I mean, they were maybe doing really well a couple of months ago um, or maybe even you know, beginning of last month. And then this month, suddenly sales are, are significantly down. And so, yeah. you know, that just makes me think, is it the economy in the US and, and globally that's, uh, you know, starting to kind of take a hit now? And what impact would that have on Q4 sales? Because I think everyone is really banking on a huge Q4. And um, we're really looking forward to increased sales online. But if the overall economy starts to, you know, go go down, and there is a recession that really kicks in. Then, what impact is that going to have on Q4 sales? I think that's a big concern for everybody, including myself, because yeah. I've got <laughs> so many. Yeah. I've got you know, two two new SKUs that I've sent into Amazon, and I was really banking on this Q4. So, yeah, we're still. I'm still positive and hoping that we'll still see significant amount of sales, but that is definitely, con- you know, uh, worrying me a little bit. But again, yeah. there could could be for a couple of reasons. I mean, you know, a Black Friday is coming up, so maybe people yeah. typically don't want to do their shopping or don't want to buy stuff before Black Friday. Maybe they're waiting for all of those sales. So um, I don't know, Chris. I mean, have you seen? I mean, is this a yeah. seasonal kind of low period overall? Well, this this season actually, this this last quarter that we're in at the moment. I mean, obviously we've been through October. I think the thing that's really been different this year is that Prime Day was moved to the end of October. And what happened was that there was a, a for a lot of sellers, what I saw and, and and experienced myself was that there was a lot. There were some really big sales on Prime Day, and it seemed to carry over for a couple of weeks. And then it felt like that the U.S. election sort of kicked in, and God, the sales have been really slow um, in the last week or two. Just to your point. And I, I kind of agree with you, though, that I think we're going to see the sort of the typical 
th- things are generally reasonably slowish from October, November, and then everything re- the, the taps get turned on. So, uh, you know, Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and then it's on for young and old through until you know maybe the twenty third or the twenty second of December. You know, before the shopping or the shipping window shuts. You know, the prime two day shipping. That's sort of my theory on what's going on at the moment, because otherwise I can't explain it either. <laughs> um, Steve, Steve, what's your theory on on uh, what's been happening and and what what are your sort of uh, you know what are you hearing from sellers at the moment too this year? Yeah, well, I think I think first of all, I absolutely agree. I think that this this two hundred unit limit is quite a challenge, um, but um, Amazon has made a lot of changes inside their warehouses. Their two-man teams are now one-man teams because of COVID. Um, at the same time, they're looking to increase the the people they have on hand. Uh, Megal and I were just talking the other day because here in Seattle, we get Amazon news locally every single day. So last week, they made an announcement of hiring another 100,000 just for the holiday season. So they are expecting things to be busy. That's a good sign for all of us. And then mm. also U.S. retailers are pushing an extended uh, Black Friday. So Walmart, Best Buy, and so on are doing Black Friday over three or four weekends. So uh, if that starts picking up, customers are going to start looking for deals all the time, not just on Black Friday itself. Maybe that mm. will help. Uh, we'll see what happens for that for Amazon. And, and then most interestingly of all, uh, I found this fascinating. Amazon, everyone knows about Amazon private label and, and the things that they create and sell themselves. Interestingly enough, they have created, but they're not selling, uh, COVID test kits. They have, they have bought like hundreds and thousands of test kits that they are developing themselves just for their own staff for their own warehouse workers they have built covid mm-hmm. testing facilities across the us so they are they recognize that their people on the ground in those distribution centers in those warehouses is the weak link in the chain they're doing everything they can to get that moving along and i think that's all good signs that hopefully uh that 200 limit may go away if probably not um, uh, too soon, but maybe even before Christmas. We don't know. We'll find out. So, do you think though that the two hundred uh, inventory limit per SKU is around staffing issues, or, or is it actually to do with the actual space in the warehouse and capacity? Do they need to build more warehouses? I guess is the. So the I hear on. a lot of people talking about the the warehouse and the capacity, but from now, unfortunately, uh, let, me, let me take a step back here. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. a lot of friends, former co-workers at Microsoft who are now at Amazon. And, you know, we could get together for lunch and stuff like that. And I pick up on all sorts of rumors. But unfortunately, since COVID, everyone's been working from home. And here in Seattle, we don't get together physically, except under uh, very tight constraints right now. So I haven't yeah. been able to have my ear inside on the ground as much. But from what I have heard, um, it's not physical space. Um, Amazon mm-hmm. has has actually decreased the number of, um, of active sellers uh, slightly. Now those active sellers obviously may have more and more SKUs than they had in the past, but all of their big challenges have been on the, the social distancing requirements mm-hmm. 
in the workspace. So I think that probably translates more to what caused this 200 uh, limit than the actual space in the warehouse. We don't know. And Amazon obviously is famously uh, uh, hmm. quiet about things like this. All we can all do is make educated guesses and respond to whatever mm. announcements are being made. The biggest challenge I see for a lot of sellers, whether you're experienced and been selling on Amazon for a decade or whether you're just starting out, is you know typically for the Q4, <clears throat> you tend to want to throw in thousands, if you know hundreds or thousands of units, and because that's that's what needs you know, that's the kind of level of inventory that you need. It's it's just incredibly frustrating for sellers now to have to scramble to. I guess fine, you know, that magical 3PL that actually has some capacity left. Boy, I'd love to be in the 3PL business right now in yeah. the United States. <laughs> I've, I've got um, a friend who literally just, they just bought another warehouse about two weeks ago. I think all three of us should get together, just buy a bunch of uh, warehouse space <laughs> in LA around Long Beach. And just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I don't think we'd be the Lone Rangers thinking about that idea. And uh, I think I think really at the end of the day, selling the picks to the miners is probably where the money is. And and uh, but right now to be warehouse property development, wouldn't it? Oh <laughs> It'd yeah. Just be, oh my god! Imagine the, the the square yardage. Or I'm not sure you do square feet in America, don't you? We do. We do. Yeah, I'm sure that's shot up that for the price of a square foot. Yeah, it's gone up a long way in a warehouse. Um, yeah, look, it's it's uh, yeah, look, we just got to muddle through this year, I think, and just get through to the other side. Uh, Stephen, perhaps a question quickly again for you is just around um, the election. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, it looks as though Biden probably will get his nose over the line here, and I'm sure by the time I've released this, we'll know what the answer will be. But uh, <laughs> what do you think? Is there going to be any impact at all um, politically on on Amazon sellers or? policies or anything like that. I mean, I know it's a crazy question to ask, but I just thought I'd throw it in there. Uh, I, I think that anytime there's such instability and question marks, people hold on to their money just a little bit tighter. We don't, mm. No matter what political party is winning, where or how, it's, it's a question of how comfortable you are. Do you think you're going to have a job in the next three months and so on? So you've got that as one side of the equation, making people hold back on money. On the other side, you've got people who have been stuck at home, stuck with their kids, know their kids better than they have in the past, uh, people who are unhappy um, uh, in, in solitude, depressed, and so on. And frankly, all of those drive customer behaviors towards buying more products and particularly mm -hmm. feel-good products. Um, so uh, <laughs> it, it might end up being a... Um, uh, and even uh, uh, more uh, successful season than we expected. And then before I finish up on this, don't mm -hmm. forget what happened last spring. As soon as those stimulus checks went out, people spent spent them. They spent them almost immediately. They're supposed to be for essentials like food and rent, but people went crazy. And we saw what happened on Amazon. Once this election's over, whichever party wins, uh, we can start seeing some more movement towards that happening. And hopefully that puts more money into our system and more money for people to be buying things. Indeed. Do you think, though, that let's say that Biden gets in, I mean, this is, again, crystal ball gazing, but if Biden gets in, would do you expect him to potentially roll back tariffs and on Chinese imports? Has he made any policy announcement around that? Yeah, both of them, it, it, it's strange. Both politicians point to the other saying, oh, you're too friendly with China. And I think that that translates a lot of, uh, of people who are seeing this happening in the United States 
are worried about made in China showing up on their products. I wouldn't worry about that too much. Uh, with the mm. exception of power tools and home appliances, Americans may be loud on Facebook, but when they actually purchase things, nobody picks something up and looks to see if it's made in China. They look for the price tag and that's it. Now, what happens after the election? I think no matter who it is, whether it's Trump or Biden, they're going to want to start getting the economy jump-started. They're going to want to start doing something to make themselves look good. So mm -hmm. hopefully they'll figure out some sort of um, uh, agreement to bring the tariffs down a little bit and say, hey, look, folks, we're trying to get the economy jump-started. But frankly, even if it's Biden, I don't think we're going to see those tariffs go away completely. I think he is going to, even if he lowers them, uh, they're not going to go back to pre pre uh, 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 price war. Excuse me, pre uh, um, mm. uh, tariff level. They'll just go down lower, but they'll still be higher than before. On the other hand, if if Biden does win, I suspect that um, Ivanka Trump may lose her protection on her tariffs. <laughs> <laughs> That is hilarious. All right. Well, listen, um, I think we've had a pretty good recap. Well, I hope we've had a pretty good recap on 2020 so far. Um, we could do some crystal ball gazing into 2021, but I think maybe what we should be doing is talking about the actual topic of today's show, which is the Global Sources Virtual Summit. Megla, I'm going to throw it back to you now. Can you give us a bit of a rundown? Yes, absolutely. I am so excited about this summit. So Chris, as you know, this summit has been held since 2016 in Hong Kong twice a year. I think you were a speaker at the very first or maybe the second one. <laughs> Can't so, remember if it was the first one or the second one, but I've definitely spoken there at least twice, possibly even three times. I can't remember. Yes. Now. Yeah. But yes. Thank you. Um, and, um, you know, everybody's really missing that um, going to conferences and, and meeting people. And of course, there have been a lot of other e-commerce conferences happening. But what I realized was that most of the other e-commerce conferences were, they said they were live, but all of the content was actually pre-recorded and they were just simu-live. So it didn't really, I mean, I attended a few conferences, but I didn't like feel like I was you know, attending a conference. It just felt like, okay, I'm just watching this one-way webinar. And so what I wanted to do was create a truly live um, virtual conference where people could actually join sessions live and they could interact with speakers and, you know, ask questions and talk to each other in, in a um, classroom kind of setting. So that's what Global Sources Virtual Summit is going to be all about. It's all live. And I know that's a risk because, you know, there could be technical <laughs> issues, for example. But I feel that over the last year, I've been doing a lot of live webinars um, and I've, I've gotten quite good at it. And I know what the pitfalls are and what sort of things to avoid. So I, I'm fairly confident we won't have major technical issues, but we are we do have backups in case in case uh, we do run into some issues. But, yeah, it's going to be completely live. So including uh, Stephen's workshop, we have 27 hours of live content and a lot of the content is going to be uh, master classes workshops and interactive engaging presentations and that's something that i've really stressed uh, to all of the speakers and we're going to do things like um so for the master classes there are three master classes one is on copywriting amazon listing copywriting and you're actually going to get like an assignment to do during the master class and we've got one on ppc um, that's mm -hmm. going to be done by ritu java and then we've got one on images. And um, 
the instructor of the images masterclass, he's actually going to run a live PicFoof poll while doing the masterclass. So we'll start it at the beginning. And then um, by the end of this session, we'll have results of the PicFoof poll. And uh, yeah, speaking of PicFu, we also have a thousand dollars worth of free PicFu campaigns that are up for grabs. <laughs> so that is uh, cool. yeah, PicFu is one yeah, of the sponsors right. and he's going to, they're going to be giving away these um, uh, campaigns. Yeah. And so the uh, so one is masterclasses. And then the other thing that we're really focusing on is 2021. So 2020 has been a crazy year, transformational year, but now we need to look forward to 2021 and what's in store for us. So um, we have a channel advisor coming in to do a presentation mm -hmm. on state of e-commerce. And they're also going to be talking about what are some of the emerging trends to look for in 2021. We've got a crystal ball panel discussion where Tim Jordan, Sharon Evan, Bernie Thompson, and a couple of others are coming together to talk about the trends and forecasts that they see for the next year. And then we're also going to be talking about Brexit because that's a major mm. change that's happening in uh, 2021 and people need to be aware of that. And um, um, so, and then we also have an uh, uh, Ask Me Anything session that uh, you are part of. So people will be able to ask any questions that they, they, that they want. There are three or four speakers on that panel discussion. So the whole idea and um, the focus of the summit is really to provide engaging interactive sessions and give people the opportunity to ask their specific questions. Um, we also have um, sessions on PPC because I feel that a lot of people struggle with PPC and um, there's still time to tweak your PPC and optimize your PPC for Q4. So we've got a panel discussion that's going to be led by Danny McMillan. And um, we have experts like Sean Smith, Destiny, um, Alice Whitehead from um, Danny's company, and they're going to be sharing their strategies for PPC. And uh, then we also have a PPC masterclass, like I mentioned. So I, I feel that th this is one thing that people really struggle with. So we wanted to provide some True. actionable advice for PPC. The other thing that we're really going to be focusing is on is building an omni-channel e-commerce strategy, because I really think that, that that is going to be a very important trend in 2021, because... COVID has really changed how people shop and where people shop and what people shop. <laughs> so um, we're really focusing on helping people go beyond Amazon. So we've got a masterclass on Shopify. How do you set up a Shopify store if you don't have any experience? Mm. Walmart. So currently most people can only set, most people in the US can sell on Walmart, but then what about non-US based companies? So the person who's doing the Walmart masterclass, she's going to be talking about how non-US based companies can sell on Walmart as well. And um, cool. other things like Facebook shopping and um, uh, Google shopping and Reddit. <laughs> Reddit is a very interesting one. Zach Franklin what? is coming to do. Yes, exactly. I, I, I had the same reaction. I was like, what? Reddit? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> but that, that, that just sounds so typically Zach Franklin too. He just hacks everything. He figures out ways to do the most remarkable um, online marketing things. <laughs> He's just a genius. I love talking Absolutely. to Zach. Yeah. Mm. And then we've also got about two hours where we're going to talk about all the various global um, Amazon marketplaces. So Japan, UK, Germany, India, Singapore, and the newest kid on the block, Sweden. So that was launched just last Ooh. week. So we've got yeah. Peter Luxenberg, who's who's really focused on uh, uh, this marketplace, and he's um, mm. got a bit of experience selling 
in in Sweden. And uh, yeah, he's going to be talking about Amazon Sweden. So I'm super excited about this as well, because people are only focused on, you know, the US marketplace, but there are so many other opportunities as well. And I want to touch upon a little bit, um, talk about the Singapore marketplace and what's happening here mm. in Singapore with Amazon. So um, it's it's been a bit slow. <laughs> Sales have been slow in Amazon Singapore, but they're picking up. And um, the team over here is offering a lot of incentives to sellers to sell on Amazon Singapore. So for example, the mm-hmm. monthly fee was initially waived until end of this year, and now it's waived until uh, June 2021. So we've got another six months. And they're That's also cool. offering incentives on storage and um, a few other things as well. So they are... Um, actively trying to recruit more sellers. And Mm -hmm. the exciting thing is that I have heard, and these are rumors, but I'm pretty sure this is going to happen soon, is that they're going to start offering um, or they're going to expand into other Southeast Asian countries like Malaysia and Indonesia. Maybe they're going to start with Malaysia. And I think that's when the real opportunity for sellers, yeah, Yeah. for sellers selling Mm at Amazon Singapore would would come once other markets are opened up, because those are huge uh, markets and growing really fast. Singapore is a very small market with only 5 million people. But if you add up all of the different countries in Southeast Asia, that's about 300 million people or so. That's a lot of people. I think if you go Singapore and it's, you know, maybe even into Indonesia and, and various other countries around that region, um, yeah, that, that could be an absolute game changer for the Singapore Amazon marketplace, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And so now is the right time to start selling on Amazon Singapore and maybe sending uh, in, you know, a a few hundred pieces and testing Mm. what sells and getting familiar. There's no PPC on the marketplace yet, but that's going to be launched soon as well. It'll come. In fact, me and my brother have been doing some interesting work recently. Sorry, I'm just going to talk about me for a second. But yeah, but absolutely. Doing some, doing some work with my brother. We've been we've been finding products um, that are in the United States, talking with product owners and brand owners in the US uh, who have really good, established, well-reviewed products and then moving them or buying those products and then starting to sell them through our own Amazon UK, EU stores, in Europe, and uh, and they've it's basically you don't even have to launch them. You just run a bit of PPC, and because they've already got all these reviews coming across, automatic automatically, um, you, you know you're just you're straight into the game. So, and I suspect the same thing would be with uh, with Singapore as well. So, if you're an established seller, uh, you know, out of Europe, Japan, America, wherever, and you've got some some good products that are well reviewed, yeah, just drop them, just plonk them into Singapore, and I'm sure they'll do really well. Because that's half the battle. When you're starting out, is trying to get those all important reviews to get that that social trust, and uh, that's sort of one of the ways that we're we're looking to overcome that. Stephen, you're holding a workshop, I believe, as well. Yes, is yeah, that it's yes. going to be Tell, talk to six, us about that. It's going to be six hours. Um, if if I can uh, stop it there, we'll see. <laughs> but it it six hours or more <laughs> or more it's it's going to be fascinating and the goal is is threefold one to make sure that that people who need information get the information they need two to make sure that we have tidbits we have tips and hints and so on that even uh-huh. veterans don't have and then number 3 is the focus of it which is how to make 2021 better uh, a lot of people had their their businesses suffer a bit in 2020, and we want to not only just make up for that, but we want to take advantage of all the new opportunities 
that 2020 has given us. Um, mm. You know, when you think about it, COVID is very easy, very, very easy. And 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 and, and frankly, I, I, I I've know people who've uh, passed away from COVID. It's not a good thing, but it's uh, it it we need to look beyond all of the bad things and recognize that there are opportunities all around us because of COVID. And we see this in the summit and this omni-channel approach. We see it in uh, in the United States where suddenly Amazon is not the only player or certainly still the biggest player, but there are lots of other players out there who are getting into the e-commerce space. Retailers that are saying, hey, we want your products on uh, being sold through our e-commerce channels. What those mm-hmm e-commerce channels means, because in some cases, it's the first step into the retailers themselves, what that means for your business, how you can scale. Um, we were talking earlier about the uh, the 200-unit limit. It's really easy to say, wow, there's a 200-unit limit. This is frustrating. There's nothing I can do. We're taking a different approach. We're saying, hey, there's a 200-unit limit on Amazon. You're putting stuff into a 3PL. Now that your products are there, what can you do to leverage that? Where else mm-hmm. can you be sending it out? And we're looking mm-hmm. at, at all opportunities because uh, when we think e-commerce, we immediately think, sure, online. But e-commerce also includes catalogs. E-commerce retailers include, as, as uh, Megla said, Walmart and so on. So there's mm-hmm. opportunities left and right. Uh, Federal Express. Everyone knows what Federal Express, FedEx is. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. People don't realize that FedEx came out during one of the worst uh, uh, economic recessions the U.S. has ever had. When you go through tough times, you open your eyes, and with bold moves, you can really set yourself up for the future. This is a time for bold moves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I really like that idea of, um, of leveraging the, the inventory and I, you know, I mean, basically, it's a it's a cash flow suck when you've got a whole bunch of inventory sitting in a warehouse somewhere. And so, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's your job, or as an e-commerce retailer, to not only look at marketplaces. I love the idea of a catalog. I think that's a really smart idea. You know, I recently sold one of my Amazon businesses, and the boys that bought the business, they're, they're a couple of guys from Germany. I'd love to get them on the show at some point, but they actually did something that I never got around to doing, which was to start to leverage the inventory that they had with Amazon for the e-commerce store that so i was always shipping uh my goods from my e-commerce store worldwide from hong kong uh from a from a 3pl in hong kong they have now got the shopify store to work so that if an order comes through from the united states um amazon will fulfill that order in two days whereas before shipping that order to a u.s customer you know used to from hong kong used to take up to you know 10 days so there's just really smart things that people are doing to really leverage um you know the uh, you know the the inventory and the assets that they have to really get that throughput up and get that cash flow happening and yeah I mean I totally agree with you I think that there's a huge amount of opportunity in 2021 and I'm can't wait to basically I think I'm going to burn an effigy of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> wait wait don't just don't just burn an effigy. What you need to do is create an effigy that all of us can burn and then sell it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think that's a great idea for a product, right? Let's get onto it. But um, don't tell anybody. So, so, so let me give you a let me give you a little taste, a little teaser 
of what people can expect. Yes, please. Sorry, I'll, I'll take I over there. Don't, so. I don't want people to be thinking 2020, it's been terrible, it's been terrible, where do we go from here? So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about some 2020 successes. And the first success we're going to talk about, because everything starts from the product, that's the way we're going to be positioning this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is wouldn't you like to hear about someone who did a, fi- actually, I, I'm calling it $5 million, $5 million from one product in 2020. Mm-hmm. But reality is it's actually a lot more than $5 million. <laughs> But um, <laughs> I think at this point it is 5.5 plus 1.8. So what is that? 7.3. Uh, 7.3. 7.3 But 7.3 million doesn't run off the uh, tongue, so we're calling it a $5 million uh, case study. So we're going to start off right away looking at how someone made $5 million with with just one product. Um, And then a few others that are just around a million. Um, So that that as we go through the (laughs) workshop, you actually see what you can do to see what other people have done in the midst Mm -hmm. of a pandemic. And how can you do that as well? By taking a broad view of your product, by looking at, at, at the needs of your customers, understanding what, what they're going through, understanding that customer buyer behavior, and then how you leverage it across your entire business. Mm-hmm. I, I want I'm people so to in for that. in 21. Mm-hmm. I want people yeah, to see seed in 21. That's my goal. And this is not hand sanitizer, right, Stephen? No, no, no. But I'll tell you something. I don't think I don't think there is hand sanitizer or masks that come closest. No, I, I reality is one of the mentors in my program um, was just uniquely set up for uh, for for COVID and and has made millions and millions of dollars. But we're not going to go into that. Uh, I think there are a few accidental millionaires this year that just, just, yeah, yeah. (laughs) this particular particular fellow, um, uh, he says it's not the reason, but uh, he was uh, patient zero for SARS, bringing it back from China to the United States. And and all of his businesses that he's gotten into, uh, I'd say at least a third of them have something to do with with, with, uh, antimicrobial and things to protect you against viruses. He even has products that are, well, these days they're not flying, but if Qantas was flying, you'd see his products in every airplane. Mm. So he's just uniquely set up for that. And when it hit, he probably did 10, 12 years worth of business in the last six months. If he could stay in stock. <laughs> oh, well, he, he, owns, he, owns the, he owns a number of factories in China. But, I was going to say that it's tricky when you're on a 200 unit limit too. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're going to. That's why we're, we're not going to be talking about Dave's stuff. We are talking about real products, simple yeah. products, uh, not antimicrobial, not pe- not 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 personal protective mm-hmm. equipment. We're talking about how do you set yourself up? How do you change your plans now? How do you take advantage of the fact that COVID has forced all of us to sit down, think. Be strategic, make smart decisions, and move forward with our businesses. That's what we want to be doing. That's what we've been forced to do. Now let's make sure those are the right decisions that we're making. Um, and I, I'm excited. Agreed. I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm seeing really interesting kind of products as well, like on Kickstarter and Indiegogo, which are really sort of pandemic focused, or I guess products that people kind of need or want during 
this time. And uh, there's lots of ideas out there that can really inspire us to, um, you know, to really sort of bring out a, a new generation of, of products that are really suited to, you know, this pandemic environment that we found ourselves in, in spite of the fact that, you know, President Trump did say that we were just around the corner from a vaccine. I think we're going to be living with this for quite a while. And, and just to your point, very, very early on in the show, we were talking about Amazon and imagery restrictions and capacity risk constraints. It's clear that if Amazon is rolling out a whole bunch of testing equipment for their own staff, uh, then, then you know, obviously they, they believe that it's going to be around for a little while longer for sure. Yeah. And if it's frankly, you know, I, I, I am a, I think I'm an optimist in all things, but um, once we're over with uh, with COVID, I would not be surprised if we have another pandemic of some sort in the next 15, 20 years, maybe even sooner. And the more that we are prepared, the more we know how to respond as not just people, but as businesses, we know what to expect going forward, what to do, then the better. Um, and there'll be homes that have pandemic response kits, you know, tucked away in the corner of the closet for the next time it happens. Good. We want to be the folks selling that. We should start a new TV show called The Pandemic Day Preppers. <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic private label. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I like that name better. That rolls totally. off the tongue. <laughs> PPL. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just, uh, yeah. I, I mean, look, the Doomsday Preppers, God, you know, they're all saying, I told you so. I'm pretty sure just after this happened. But, um, oh, yeah. And the introverts are thrilled because they've been practicing for this their whole life. <laughs> they have. And the agrophobics. Anyway, sorry, we're, we're being quite. Yeah, um, rude there. Megla, I'm going to bounce back to you here because uh, you mentioned to me that there might be a coupon code or a promo code or something that you were able to share just around the Global Sources Virtual Summit next week. Um, do you want to give us an idea of what the pricing looks like at the moment and um, what that code might look like? Yes, absolutely. So the pricing is, um, um, it's 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 not a free summit. So, you know, a lot of the other conferences that have happened, they are sort of free at the beginning and then you can upgrade to an all access pass. Um, personally, I feel that it's a bit gimmicky. I mean, it, it works really well for some people and, you know, people who have time, they can, they can watch it live. But, um, I wanted to offer, you know, right, either it's completely free or it's paid right from the beginning. So, uh, there's a nominal cost of $45 US that you have to pay to attend the summit. And uh, then for Stephen's workshop, uh, that costs $145. And Bargain. you can also buy a ticket that um, allows you to attend both and you get a small discount. So it's for $170. And on top of that, if you use the code TAS10, then you'll get a 10% discount on whatever option you choose. So TAS10, that's the code to use. Oh, and. That's the Australian seller, isn't it? That's what that yes, stands for. Of oh, you are a sweetie. <laughs> and um, yeah, the, the 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 URL is globalsources.com forward slash summit. That's where you need to go. Mm-hmm. That's correct, and that's what it's always been, hasn't yes. it? Yes. Yes. God, I've got that. I've, I think I've got a tattoo of that somewhere on my body. So, <laughs> lost track. actually, I don't have any tattoos at all. But maybe this is the year where where. Get stuck into it. Chat anyway. Uh, yeah, fantastic. All right, so um, let's wrap up then. Stephen, have you got any final last words? Oh, I'm just going to say thank you to Megla for pandemic private label. I just bought the <laughs> URL, and if anyone wants it, we'll give it away. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I think apologies for that, Stephen. 
I think it's been snapped up already, I'm sure. Keen listener has already registered it with so, Joe Daddy. I'm 100% serious. I just bought that. And if and if you want to give it away to one of your listeners, you got it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a prize. Uh, this has descended into chaos. I love it. Um, and Megla, uh, thanks again for coming on the show as well. Um, and thank you as well to you for putting on the Global Sources Virtual private uh, summit or the virtual summit i'm sorry so yes folks head over to uh, globalsources.com forward slash summit and uh make sure that you choose both so you do get the 45 dollar ticket with the 145 dollar workshop with Stephen selikoff we'll be talking all things amazon product sourcing product development and of course all those case studies as well and uh and, and if you're interested i'll be there as well on a panel uh, where we can ask me anything and and the other members of the panel as well so a massive thanks to both of you. Thanks heaps for coming on the show today. Yeah, Chris, I just want to say lastly, before we go, um, I miss your podcast. What are you doing? You've got to do these more often. <laughs> I used to listen to your podcast on my walks and now I have I have to listen to other podcasts. So yeah, I, bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to bring them back. I've been sucked into some massive projects at the moment, which I'm doing. I've been sucked back into my previous life as an SEO. So I'm kind of switching. I've been sucked away from Amazon for a little bit. So, mm-hmm. but I'm uh, I'm finishing those projects soon, and and hopefully, in, you know, to 2021, it's going to be a full on year with a lot of podcasting and a lot more Amazon action. So yeah, just hang in there with me. Thanks. Awesome. Very kind of you to say. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Terrific. All right. Thanks again, both of you. And look forward to catching up with you next week, 10th, 11th, 12th? Yes. Yes. yes good. Three days of action. Fantastic. <laughs> At the Global Sources Summit there. So thanks again, guys. All right. Thank, thank you. you, Chris. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.